Good morning, folks. It is great to see you. Did anybody notice the yeomans slip in at the back, all the way from the, literally from the other side of the world? Where are they now? I've got, not got my glasses on. Over where? <laughs> looking for seats. I really do need... Looking for seats. Let's give them oh. a round of applause just as we kick off. So nice to see you guys. So, anybody geared up for Christmas? Seven days to go. Um, if anybody would like to take part in the, the story this morning, the nativity story, please come and join in. It's, now's the moment. Come and get dressed up. It's going to be very informal. Okay, there's not been loads of practice or rehearsals or anything like that. We'd love everyone to muck in. So yes, when you, just come and When join you in. say there's not been loads of rehearsals, what yeah. you mean is there's not been any. No, there's no rehearsals. <laughs> okay, there we go. Just to be okay. clear, yeah, zero rehearsals. Right. But it's going to be good. Tell you why. We've been praying that this morning would be two things at least. We've been praying that it would be fun, and we're going to have fun, that's guaranteed. But also, there'd be some fresh kind of reflection. We'd see things in a new way. And that's our kind of heart for this morning, that we would have fun together. But as we look at this most incredible story that's ever been told, that actually there's some reflecting to do that's good for our souls. Okay, it's the fourth Sunday of Advent, which means it's only seven days to Christmas. Anyone counting down? Yeah, woo! Very exciting. That is the right answer. And this this Sunday we think about joy, and I just want to read a few verses. We're gonna we're gonna read more verses a little bit later on, but I want to read these verses now about joy. And it, they're from Luke, and it says there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. And I love that line as I was looking at this verse this morning. I bring you news of great joy that will be for all people. Everyone, everybody is included in this story of joy. Everybody is welcome to be joyful, to know God. So whether you're here for the first time, if you're here for the millionth time, or anywhere in between, this story of joy is for you this morning. Amen. We're going to pray before we kind of kick into um, this lovely morning that we're going to celebrate together. So you ready? Let's not just go through the motions. Let's expect to um, encounter Jesus this morning. Lord, thank you that you are here among us. Lord, thank you that you are a God who promises uh, joy, even in the midst of those things that are so difficult. You're a God who draws close. And so we pray now for every person in this room. And we pray at the same time for all those believers gathered around the world, tens of thousands of thousands of thousands, reflecting on your goodness on God made man. We pray in Jesus' name that we would see you in a fresh way. Amen. Okay, everybody's involved this morning, okay? So we've got some carols, we've got some readings, we've got some drama, and we want you to go for it, okay? I hope you love carols because we're going to be going for it in the carols. This is our first reading. It's from John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, 
he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. We're going to sing our first carol together, O Little Town of Bethlehem, and it should be number one on your carol sheets. Let's stand together. O little town of Bethlehem, how still we see. Imagine the stars in the sky, the countless constellations, the sprawling solar system, and among it, a little planet called Earth. God made all of those things and all of the people and inhabitants of our planet. Just over 2,000 years ago, when the time was right in God's plan, God came down to be with us, to save us and, to save us and show us how life should be lived. He could have chosen anywhere else 
to be his home. He could have built a palace for himself that would have made the grandeur of the Roman Empire seem like nothing. But he didn't. God chose to send his son to be born among the forgotten, the overlooked, and the poorest. Let's hear again the amazing truth of how God came to be with us. We begin with a young woman in her home, Mary. Unless you look a bit deeper, there's nothing particularly remarkable about Mary. She was from a town called Nazareth, and she was engaged to be married to Joseph. But to God, she was very important. He knew her heart. He knew she loved him. He knew he could trust her with what he was going to ask of her. So he sent the angel Gabriel down from heaven with a message for her. This is what happened. From Luke chapter 1. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favour with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be high, he will be great, and be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age and she who is said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. Mary went through so many emotions, scared at seeing an angel in her room, overwhelmed that God knew her so well and loved her so much, afraid of the enormity of the message the angel brought, yet amazed at the trust God had in her. She knew it was true that her cousin Elizabeth was very old, yet she was having a miracle baby, promised by God. What God was asking of her was huge. But as she thought about all that it would mean, she sensed his love surrounding her and knew he would be with her and would never leave her. What else could she say but, yes, Lord, I'm your servant. Please carry out your will through me. The angel left her. Mary needed to talk with someone about what had happened. And who better than her cousin Elizabeth? So she decided to visit her. Elizabeth was overjoyed to see Mary, and she hugged her as Mary told her all that God had revealed to her. Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit as they spoke, and she prophesied over Mary, saying in a loud voice how blessed she was and how blessed the child she carried was. Even the baby in Elizabeth's womb jumped for joy at the coming promise of God, the Saviour of the world. Then Mary sang a beautiful song of praise to God. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for three months, then went home to see Joseph. 
Joseph had also had a visit from an angel who had told him about the coming baby, Jesus, the Son of God, and that he was not to be afraid to take Mary as his wife and to take care of her and the baby. Not long after, the Roman emperor, Caesar Augustus, who ruled over the land, sent an order saying he wanted to count every single person in the country. So everyone, including Mary and Joseph, had to go back to their hometown to be registered. Joseph came from a faraway town called Bethlehem, and because Mary was engaged to be his wife, she had to go with him to Bethlehem, even though by now she was heavily pregnant. They set off on their journey. During the journey, Mary was very nearly ready to give birth to her baby. Although tired and weary, Mary and Joseph travelled for many miles. They went from Nazareth in Galilee to Judea and then to Bethlehem. When they arrived in Bethlehem, they knocked on every door in the town looking for a place to stay, but everywhere was full of people. Each time, they were given the same answer. Lots of people had come down to be counted, so the whole town was full. There were so many families needing to be found rooms. Joseph was getting more and more anxious to find somewhere for his pregnant wife to rest and desperately asked for help. Finally, the owner of one guest house replied, he was very sorry, all his rooms were full of other guests. However, looking at Mary's tired face, he could offer his stable out the back where they kept the animals. It would at least be warm and dry. And somewhere Mary could lie down. And Joseph came and knelt beside her. <laughs> By this time, Joseph was happy to accept somewhere. And they thanked the owner for his generosity. At least they had somewhere for the baby to be born. Joseph made sure Mary was comfortable and then sat down beside her. The animals wondered what was going on in their stable and crept up to see. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. Okay, our next read is from Luke chapter 2. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, firstborn a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. It was a very difficult place to bring a new life into the world. Dirty, smelly and unhygienic and crowded with animals. But Mary and Joseph knew God was with them and would take care of them. Mary must have thought a lot about what the angel had told her. The angel said Jesus would be called the Son of the Most High. Yet here he was, sleeping in a manger, a trough used to feed animals. But she knew without a doubt that he was a precious gift from God and that God's word would always be fulfilled and her heart filled with love for the baby and with thankfulness to God. We're going to sing our second carol now, which is Away in a Manger, and it's number six on your carol sheet. Away in a manger
Meanwhile, in some fields nearby, a group of shepherds were keeping watch over their sheep. It was night time and they were terrified to see an angel of the Lord suddenly appear in front of them and the glory of God shining all around them. These shepherds were just ordinary people going about their daily lives. They weren't considered very important. Nobody took much notice of them. So why would an angel bother with them, let alone a whole army of them? But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, Peace to those on whom his favor rests. We're going to sing our next carol, which is Hark the Herald Angels Sing, which is number 10 on your sheets. Hark the Herald Angels Sing. The shepherds wanted to see what had happened, what the Lord had told them, and they headed off to Bethlehem and got there in record time. 
So they hurried off to see Mary and Joseph and the baby, which they knew they would find lying in the manger. They found the stable where the young couple were, and the shepherds went in to see the baby in the manger. A bunch of noisy, probably smelly and dirty shepherds visiting a newborn baby. Maybe Mary worried for her baby's safety, or maybe she just shushed the men and wondered at how and to whom the arrival of God's son, the Saviour, had been announced. When they had seen him, the shepherds left quietly so as not to disturb the baby and went back to their flocks. They told everyone they met about the child. People were amazed to hear the story. The son of the Most High, born in a stable, someone who would be called the Son of God, placed in a dirty manger with only poor shepherds to greet him. But something had changed for the shepherds. They still had work and family. Nothing in their lives appeared to have changed except them. They glorified and praised God for the things they'd heard and seen. These humble shepherds had their lives transformed through an encounter with Jesus. The angels said it was good news, not just for them, but for people across the world. And this birth is good news for everyone. The Saviour has come to dwell with us, not distant, but humbling himself, offering hope. Hope to everyone in the world that they are accepted and can come to him, whether rich or poor, important or forgotten. Mary, who had seen it all happen, kept these things close to her heart. We're going to sing our next carol now, which is O Come All Ye Faithful, and it's number 12 on your carol sheet.
Some time later, more people came to visit. But they didn't come straight to the stable. These three important people, sometimes called kings, sometimes wise men, were magi. These magi were very clever people who knew all the secrets of the stars. They knew from examining the heavens that an important event was taking place. A bright star rose in the sky. And they followed it to worship the person whose birth it foretold. They knew that the star heralded the king of the Jews. And where would a king be born? Mistakenly, they went straight to the palace. But they didn't find him there. After they received further directions from a very worried Herod, they went on their way. Reading from Matthew chapter 2. And the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and they worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. We are going to sing our next carol, which is one of my favorites, We Three Kings, um, sheet number 21. And I want to hear some good wo-wo-wo-wings in this one, okay? Not, not a silent one. We three kings of
The wise men saw the child and they worshipped him. Each of them brought a special gift to give to the baby Jesus. Mary wasn't used to receiving visits from such important people. And what amazing gifts they brought. Recognizing Jesus as King of Kings, the first wise man brought him gold. Frankincense was the gift from the second because he knew Jesus was the Son of God. And the third wise man brought myrrh because he believed that Jesus was the Savior of the world. They went home, even wiser men, realizing that precious things are worth far more than money and not always found in the richest places. Mary probably spent many hours thinking about God's promise to her, the child she held in her arms, the visit of angels and shepherds, the wise men and their gifts. The Bible says this. Luke chapter 2 verse 19. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. We have seen and heard how Mary and Joseph, Elizabeth, angels, shepherds and wise men all responded to Jesus, the saviour of the world, that first Christmas. As all our cast join us back on stage now, let us think it through, like Mary did, about what all this means for us too, and how we will respond this Christmas to Jesus, the saviour of the world. Well done, guys. Thank you very much indeed. Okay, good. Isn't it lovely seeing the story kind of mapped out for us? We sometimes get chunks, don't we, at Christmas? But thank you. And thank you, the band. It's just great, isn't it, having a, a full band to sing carols with? We've got one more to go. I want to give you a five-minute thought um, about Mary before we close. And in the last few weeks, we've been thinking about Mary, haven't we? Chosen to be um, the parent who would be the saviour of the world, to, to the saviour of the world. So for those, maybe this morning, you kind of think that God reserves the most important jobs for men. Maybe you need to think again. Just consider this. A woman held the single most important job of any human being in history, to carry and to give birth to the saviour of the world and to raise the saviour of the world. Mary, the believer that we're thinking about last week, who as a teenager trusted God completely, even when she didn't understand exactly what was going on. And she continued to believe and to trust God, um, even when her son was falsely accused, arrested, hung on a cross, and died. I love that verse about Mary that says, more than once we get a version of this verse. It says something like, she pondered these things in her heart, or she stored them up in her heart. And I'm sure there would have been so many words that Jesus said that she would have remembered. Words to her and words to others. But here's a question for you to think about for a moment. I wonder which of her words would Jesus have remembered? Think about that for a moment. What was it that Jesus remembered when he thought about his mother's words? Just hold that thought. Is there anybody here this morning whose mums have said things that have stuck with you, that have made an impact? Words of your mums. Now, no rude answers to this question, okay? Matt's got a microphone. We're going to take a risk here. We're going to come around, and we're going to find a few things, things that have stuck with you, maybe words of wisdom, words that have just kind of helped you over the years. Okay, you added those details later. My mum once said that I had nice feet. It, 
I don't think it's true. <laughs> but I think it was good. Okay, we're going to have a look later on. Okay, so Rachel, if you just take your shoes over and coffee, socks off. Yeah, over coffee, we'll check it out. We've got over one over here, Mandy. Get back on the horse. Get back on the horse. We, we all want to know, don't we? Was it metaphoric or real? Yeah, yeah. metaphoric. Metaphoric. Okay, good. Words of wisdom. Get back on the horse when you fall off. Yeah, um, Sarah playing the cello beautifully. Desperately some, want somebody now to say, oh, get back on the horse. Really, get back on the real horse. Anybody have their mum tell them to get back, get back on that horse? Yeah, okay. My mum had loads, but one that stuck with me was um, look after the pennies and the pounds look after themselves. Ah, oh, a few people nodding their heads. Any others? I've not Sarah, got my glasses on, so Sarah, Matt's... There are plenty more fish in the sea. <laughs> wow. That's got to hurt. That has got to hurt. Was that like a couple of weeks ago, she said? Yeah, okay. All right. Good. All right, we'll leave it there. Nice. One of the things that Mary said that I'm pretty sure Jesus would have remembered is this. And in fact, this is interesting, it's the only time in the whole of the New Testament we hear Mary telling people how to respond to her son. She says this, do whatever he tells you. And this was at a pivotal moment, a crucial moment in the life of Jesus, which was about to change forever, and the world that was about to change. But also, in Mary's life, her world was about to change. In John 2, that we, we read this, that on the third day, a wedding took place in Galilee, Cana. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had been invited along to the wedding. When the wine had gone, Jesus' mother said to him, they've no more wine. Woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied, my hour has not yet come. Here's an important correction. For those of us that have thought over the years that Jesus was simply frustrated with his mum, anybody frustrated with their mums occasionally? Okay, that's most of us. But an important correction here. Frustrated with his mum, actually not so much. Calling her woman. When Jesus calls Mary woman, he's not being harsh, but actually he's speaking with tenderness and respect. It's the same phrase that's mirrored when he hangs on the cross. And says, woman, behold your son. And when he says to her, my hour has not yet come. It's not a rebuke. It's not a mum, hold your tongue. It's not that. It's a phrase that he will use over and over again until finally he comes to the cross. So in this moment, from Mary's perspective, she's handing him over to the world. And how does she do it? with these incredibly profound words, do whatever he tells you. In the next seven days, you are going to get loads of people telling you to do loads of things. Wrap this present, smile whatever grandma gives you, and the list goes on. I'd like us to pause just as we come to the end before we sing our last carol. Just to pause and just think about in the next seven days all those things that are going to be asked of us. Simply to listen and to take Mary's advice. Do whatever he tells you. Let's just pause and pray. Lord, in this moment, after we've watched this remarkable story that has changed the world, in this moment of silence, before the noise and the crowds and the joy 
and for some the grief and the loneliness and the reflection. Before all of it, we pause today. We pause to listen to you. What do you tell us to do? Let's just take a moment. It's so easy to come to church and expect to listen, 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 and go away the same. Let's just listen to that still, small voice of God. Mary's advice, do whatever he tells you. Just see if the Lord wants to put something into your mind. With all of the other demands of the next seven days, what is it the Lord wants you to do? Lord, this Christmas we take Mary's advice to do whatever he tells you. And we ask for your help to do it. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, we are going to sing one more carol. I'm tempted to, to change it to silent night after that message. Would that be an absolute impossibility nightmare? Could we do that? We haven't sung silent night. I think it'd be lovely. We were going to do joy to the world. Maybe we could do that in a little bit. Let's do silent night. We'll do joy to the world after, okay? That's a deal. We've got time. It's good. But let's just hold that thought that Matt's just put there in our minds just while we sing Silent Night. What would, what would God be saying to us? Silent night. Jesus, we, um, we thank you that you are here with us this morning. And we take that, that question, that point away. Do whatever he tells you.
And Lord Jesus, we ask that um, as we uh, share a bit more this morning, as we stop and have coffee and cakes, Lord, and as we go back into the busyness of things, Lord, stick that in our minds. Let that stick. Do whatever he tells you. We thank you that you came and you were born because you loved us so much. And when we sing these words, the Savior is born. It is the truth. The Savior of the world was born. A man, a human being, God made man. You came and dwelt amongst us. Lord, we want to carry that truth. We want to know you in our lives each day. Amen. Do take your seats. Thank you again, everybody who joined in, especially Rupert, the cow who stayed right from the beginning, right to the end, which is quite incredible. Um, now, next Sunday, we are here, but a little bit earlier. It's 10.30, okay? So get that in your diaries now. You'll be here. You, you'll make it. It'll be great. It's going to be good to get together on Christmas morning to worship and spend time together in the middle of all the busyness to set that time aside. So we'd love to see you next Sunday morning. The following week, New Year's Day, just to say we won't be meeting here, but we'd love it if you do meet in different things, different places. Enjoy your time together. And we'll be back again on then uh, January the 8th, Sunday the 8th, back at normal time. But next week, just to say 10.30, we'd love to see you a slightly shorter service. Shall we finish by singing Joy to the World? Because I did get a little boo from this side when I said we weren't going to sing Joy to the World. Is that all right? Okay, let's close with Joy to the World and then we'll have coffee and pastries together. Number 11. Join to the world.